The mountains overlook the sea, rising high above its vast expanse, and the village which sits beside it. Tonight, we journey into these mountains, through the dense foliage, and up a winding drive to a large and very old-looking house. Safe from prying eyes within the house, we see an old man hunched over a desk cluttered with papers. A small candle flickers and goes out, leaving behind a pale luminescence. The old man smiles, and somewhere, far off, the faint sound of crying can be heard. Welcome to Story 2 of Dread. Buckle up, chuckle fucks. It's my turn at the helm of this ship. Oh, no. <laughs> what? So, tonight we will break with our long-standing tradition of introducing ourselves all before we start playing. And we will do something a little bit different. Tonight, all of you are going to a dinner each sent a handwritten invitation Ooh. by one Silas Silius. <laughs> That's a name. Yes. The silliest of all. <laughs> Actually, yes. <laughs> You've been invited to a Halloween-themed Victorian dinner party. It has been clearly and boldly stated that you must dress in authentic period attire. You all know that Silas has recently changed his will mm. and that this change is going to be revealed to all of you at this dinner. Christine, would you like to tell us who you will be playing tonight as we see your car ascending the long and winding road? Mm, yes. Well, hello, my name is Christine. Tonight, I will be playing the role of Jill Silius. Jill is a nurse who has seen a lot of shit at the hospital over her <laughs> career. So Jill's very logical, very straightforward, maybe a little emotionally turned off due to the nature of her job. So Jill, you know, got this invitation, says I have to dress up. But knowing that all the stuff went down about the will... I feel like there's going to be some important announcement or development at this party. Mm -hmm. And I know the kind of people that are in his life. And I'm just concerned that someone's going to try and take advantage of him. And I will put on this costume in order to assist in maintaining Silas's... Charade. Not his charade, um... To, to, to help protect his legacy, because I do really respect him. What is your costume? I, like, went to the thrift store and found, like, a shirt with some poofy sleeves and a long, red-tiered skirt. That counts. But I'm definitely wearing my nursing shoes because they're very comfortable. <laughs> and Jill, yes. as you ascend the driveway in your what kind of car? It doesn't really matter. Toyota Camry, very reliable. <laughs> Gray? Silver. So, yes. <laughs> no, it's there's a slight difference. So, Jill, as you ascend the drive uh -huh. in your Toyota Camry, silver, could you please make a pull? 
I feel like the silver gray debate is something that Jill talks with people about often. Gray is just unshiny silver. Yay, first poll! So difficult. It would be really, really sad if you... Yeah, I'm bad at making pulls from the tower, but not that bad. So, you arrive at this big brick manor home. There's a double front door. There are like a, um, it's like a circle kind of a driveway. There's like a fountain in front of it. The fountain is not on and has plants growing in it. There's, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but, or like the we'll word. We'll figure it out. We have a podcast. <laughs> the, the stairs leading down sort of like spread out as they get further from the door. Like, okay. Is that, they like. The stairs spread out as they. <laughs> yeah. Widen. <laughs> no, what I'm picturing like the stereotypical, like haunted mansion, eccentric old Victorian home kind of spread with like multiple floors and weird balconies and alcoves and, and a random gargoyle. Yeah. This is exactly is the kind chimera? of aesthetic. Yeah. <gasps> this is exactly <gasps> the kind of aesthetic that I want and that this house is. From somewhere it's, there's organ music playing. Suspicious. There's not, but there maybe there could be. Who I'm knows? playing it on my radio. <laughs> so that gives us an excuse NPR. for Marissa to put in organ music yeah, into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Jill you arrive at the front you pull up into the circle drive you see silas and of course his right hand man his butler percival standing next to him he's a butler of course <laughs> i have a question yes does percival look anything like tim curry <laughs> please Can you yes. show me what tim curry looks like please? you don't know tim curry i don't know <gasps> any famous people oh. that aren't avengers you need to get out more. Yeah, I get, I, I, can we I can we have a vote? Fob off the podcast. I'll say aye. 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 Bye. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, Jill, you pull up to this driveway. Mm-hmm. You see Silas Silius and Percival. So Silas says, Well, Jill, I see that you tried for your costume. Damn. <laughs> Silas, you knew I was not going to dress up. Your outfit meets the bare minimum requirements for entry. <laughs> Won't you please come in with me? Percival will, of course, park your car Certainly. in the garage. Thank you. Or should I call it the garage for you? Well, considering I'm not British, garage will do just fine. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm certain. All right. So I you, think you want to call it the garage. I very much would like to call it the garage. <laughs> it's because, do you want to know why? Not really, but I think you're going to tell me anyway. I was going to, yes. It's because it's very similar to carriage, and we are in the Victorian age right now. Are you ready? (laughs) Well, shall we go inside? Are you ready to take a portal through to the past? That is my imagination. I think I'm probably as prepared as anyone could be for that, Silas. Excellent. Let us go into the abode. Percival, the car. So you go inside. You go up the stairs. You go through the double front door. So you enter a grand foyer that has... It's decorated with lots of unnecessary doilies that are, of course, lace. There is a sort of half-spiraling staircase... You know the upstairs to be where all of the bedrooms are. Uh, 
you and all of the guests were invited to spend the night. You're, you're like, this is your grandfather-in-law's house, and it's a bit of a drive to get here. Right. And it's late in the evening. We're probably going to be drinking. Probably. As you come into the foyer, there is across from you a door which you know leads into like the great room. It's this really big, big room. It's lots of wood paneling. It's got big, like almost floor to ceiling length windows with like cushioned armchairs, uh, usually like a big fire. There is, of course, the bust of a deer hanging above it, which Silas did kill with a bow and arrow, and he's very proud about it. And we'll talk to you about it ad nauseum forever. That's actually a very common hunting technique. Really? Yeah. I don't hunt. That sounds... I don't either, but I just know stuff. Oh. (laughs) That sounded really savage. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sounds like something I would say. Yeah. (laughs) I've been spending too much time with you. So, but through that room, you see kind of the uh, trickling of smoke coming, like from the crack in the top of the door. Silas doesn't seem to notice this. He is, of course, walking with his cane, and he is just talking to you, asking how the drive was. Was it pleasant? Um, uh, hey, Silas, yes? do you see this um, smoke that is coming out from this door over here? He looks. He squints. He takes out his reading glasses and puts them on, and looks and peers again, and he says, fuck. And he, like, shuffles very quickly in that direction. Hey, Silas, don't open the door before you put your hand to it to see if there's, like, actively a flame on the other side. So Silas just kind of, like, bustles over. He says, yes, yes, whatever, whatever. Um... And he goes, he grabs uh, the doorknob. Nothing I'm suddenly happens. really nervous. Um, he Christine. opens the door. Sc- uh, smoke kind of like billows out oh, no. into this uh, area. And you can see kind of like the great room is in sort of a haze. Uh, you can see I, through the doorway. And I start looking around for a fire extinguisher. Sure. Uh, there isn't one in the foyer. Although you can make a pull to see if you if you know where a fire extinguisher is. Uh, yeah, I think I would know that. Okay. The second pull of the, the second evening. second pull of the evening, and we haven't introduced two characters. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, I feel bad, though, because Christine died the last time. <laughs> <laughs> if she dies on pull two. Maybe I'm setting it up so that you will die <gasps> in the future. How could you? Thank you for the successful pull. Uh, Jill, you know that there is a fire extinguisher in the kitchen. Um, Obviously. You know that the kitchen, you can get to it one of two ways. Well, I guess three ways, technically. If you wanted to leave the house, like go out the front door, which you just came in, there is a back entrance around uh, around the back. You would go like to the right of the house and come in. You could also, there's a doorway to your right, which you know leads to the study slash library, which has doorways Uh, A door in the back that leads to the dining room. And then through the dining room, you could get into the kitchen. Or you could just go into the great room and then go to the back. And to the right, there's the kitchen. I'm going to go out the front and in the hopes of catching Percival to let him know what's going on as well. And then I go around the back to the kitchen. Okay. You run outside. You don't see Percival. He still seems to be parking your car in the garage. And uh, you run around to the back burst in through the back door. 
you see a man who you have never seen before and you've never seen here. You know that Silas does not employ a chef, but they're wearing a white chef's outfit. Uh, it looks slightly, like, haphazardly put on. You can tell, like, one of the buttons isn't buttoned all the way. Uh, you can tell, like, the back of his shirt is, like, tucked into his pants and, like, it shouldn't be. And man. that's weird. Yeah. Um, Reverse French tuck. Yeah. Weird. He, he's not wearing non-slip shoes. Oh. And that's something that mm. you specifically notice. Oh, yeah. Um, Why do you think I wore my nursing shoes? Yeah. So you you take all of this in while you also take in the fact that there is a fire on top of the stove. Oh. Silas has just now made it into the kitchen and is freaking the fuck out and trying very hard to find a fucking fire extinguisher. Silas, calm down. We can handle this. Excuse me, and I push the man out of the way and I reach under the sink where I find the fire extinguisher and I put out the fire. Okay, you do. Uh, make me a poll, please. Uh, th- there's so many polls right away. Yeah. I'm not afraid. To take a stand. The fire is put out. Uh, the man uh, who you push out of the way, he's like tall and kind of reedy. He's uh, looks very out of place in a kitchen. So uh, what were you cooking here? Oh, I was, I was sort of just trying to, uh, and he sort of looks down at like a hastily written sheet of paper. And he's like the, uh, the flaming yan. <laughs> oh, this right. guy's not a fucking chef. Are you kidding me? I turned to Silas. Silas, do you know this man? Yes, this is my cook, Carson. When did you hire a cook? Oh, he's a fairly new addition to the staff. Percival, in his old, old age, was unable to attend to my many, many, very highly specific dietary needs. Ah. Uh, the man looks very uncomfortable about everything that is being said and done in the kitchen right now, and just sort of starts awkwardly chopping an onion. Silas, how did you find Carson? Obviously, I went on the dark web, which is... <laughs> Craig's dark web? Craig's dark web. I went on... That, thank you. I was trying to remember that one. I went on... I went to the dark web of Craigslist <clears throat> well, to you know, find me a chef. On the dark web, cooking can mean something entirely different. I trust Craig and his list. This Craig seems like a very reputable individual. You know, Silas, if I were you, I'd maybe look for some new help. What do you mean? This boy is very competent other than this one major incompetence that he has shown. Well, Carson, we will have to speak of this and this will be coming out of your pay. And he gives Carson kind of like a cheeky wink, like they're both in on some sort of weird joke. I don't like this. So we will move on to Jacob. That's me. You are arriving at this house at this exact moment. Um, You pull up as Percival is walking back up the front of the steps. What are you driving, and who are you? 
My name is Avid Aquarius. Um, I'm driving a classy old town car, all black, of course. I'm a well-known man about our town. I come from a, a family of means, if you know what I mean. And a family of very good names. I <laughs> thought you were going to say, my name is Abbott Aquarius. I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's just where my mind went. <laughs> well, maybe you can play my character next time. No. How do you know Silas? Uh, Silas and I are old uh, business acquaintances, I guess you would say. We were... In business for a time, and then we weren't. And <laughs> what does that mean? It means they're no longer in business together. Been about uh, five years, I'd say, since we've had uh, business relations. And at the end of your business relations, you ceased uh, speaking to this man? I, I suppose I did, yeah. This has been quite some time since we've had communication. Excellent. Why did you come here tonight? I, I was invited and uh, told money might be involved. <laughs> money very well might be involved. Did he ever say what he was wearing? No. What are you wearing? What What do fancy old Victorian men wear? Tails. Yeah, like a frock coat. That. Now, okay, so I, I have a question for me personally that this is a thing that they don't know about. But, like, is this a legit outfit that you still have? Or is this, like, a, a Halloween costume that you had to go buy on the cheap very quickly? No, I feel like I'm not that far off from my normal wardrobe, probably. I just chose the, <laughs> the, the fanciest and maybe the whitest of the suits. And he had the nice monocle. Oh, yeah. So, you drive up, you park your car in front of the, I guess, grand staircase leading up to the front steps... Uh, you see Percival uh, beginning to climb them, but he sees your car and turns around. Ah, Abbott, I see that you have arrived. How pleasant to see you again. Oh, Percy, you old fool. I suppose you'll want to park the car. Want is a strong word, <laughs> but the master will demand it of me. I'm so happy that you left the keys in the ignition for me and my old geriatric <laughs> hands. I wish that everyone could see the full body acting that is happening from both of you right now. Oh my god. It's so good. The only way that I will remember this voice. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Please continue. So, Jacob, are you going to go straight on in? What would you like to do? Yeah, I'll I'll head up the steps and I guess I'll, I'll ring the bell. Okay. Jacob, would you please make a poll for introducing yourself? After you've introduced yourself, would you make a poll, please? What happens if I say no to this one? You immediately die. I, I mean, actually, a you can. A trap door opens beneath your feet and you are sucked into hell. <laughs> you ring the bell. Jill, you hear a very majestic kind of sound mm. and silas says ah yes that must be someone at the door and he goes and he walks out of the kitchen leaving you and this cook carson is still awkward he has moved on to awkwardly cutting garlic up into a very very fine mince so carson how long have you been a chef Oh, you know, just uh, today's my first day, actually. 
oh, did you just graduate from culinary school? Yes. Very convincing. <laughs> I, I have my diploma at home if you want to see it. No, that's fine. How do you know Silas again? Uh, he found me on Craigslist. Okay. That's what he said, right? Like, <laughs> Craigslist. Are you from around here? Yes. Don't I speak with the right kind of accent that everyone from around here speaks with? Sure. Well, it was nice talking to you. <laughs> and I exit the kitchen. Thanks. It, it was... Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, bye. What a weirdo. <laughs> Um, I go back out into the foyer to see who has just arrived. Okay. Um, so, Abbott, the door in front of you opens, and you see your old, old friend, Silas Silius. And he says, Oh, Abbott, I am so glad to see you here for the reading of my altered will. Ah, Silas, I see you did in fact come. When I when I heard there would be a will reading, I thought maybe you had finally passed. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds as though you were um anticipating my demise. Should I be worried, Abbott? Anticipation's a strong word, perhaps Hopeful was more appropriate. That seems quite a bit stronger in my opinion, but that is okay. Uh, please, won't you come in and sit down at the dining room table? Dinner will be served fairly soon. And then we get to the reading of the will? Uh, yes. At this moment, Jill, you come walking back into the foyer. And I see these two elderly men looking menacingly at each other. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah, yeah. And I am suspicious. Sus. Silas uh, looks at you and says, Ah, Jill, uh, so nice of you to come check on me and my guests. Why don't we all go and sit down? I believe that the uh, we can begin shortly after uh, one of our guests comes down, and we are still waiting on my granddaughter. Mm. But she will arrive fashionably late. Well, that as was always, always her style. Is that a personal attack? Because I am always fashionably late. Um, you are usually there before I am, so you're good. So the three of you all go into the um, the dining room. I think I've seen you around some of the family gatherings before. Remind me of your name. It wouldn't be from this family, that's for sure. My name is Abbott Aquarius. I was the uh, proprietor of the uh, Family Funtime Amusement Pier down in the city. Ah. You might recall. What? Oh, yes. Wasn't that the one where the kid died because they didn't inspect the Ferris wheel? No, that was the one across town I run see. by that flag-based amusement chain. Ah, Gotcha. We almost killed Marissa. It looked like she almost fell out of her chair. Flag-based amusement chain. 
I see. Well, Abbott, nice to meet you. I'm Jill. Oh, Jill, you say you're you're part of Silas's family? Uh, by marriage, Silas is my grandfather-in-law. I see, I see. And and which one did you marry? Travis is my hus was my husband. Ah, oh, yes. I I did hear about his passing. I'm I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. And you guys are now sitting down in the dining room having this discussion. Silas says, "I'm I am going to go rouse my uh, grandson, and then hopefully Son? by that time my granddaughter, my great granddaughter, will have arrived." So who is coming? <laughs> my grandson and granddaughter. My grandson is already here. He has been staying with me and helping me. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm being a dumb RPG player. Continue. Nah, you are fine. It is okay, Jill. The mind is the first thing to go. <laughs> it is all right. I assure you my mind is completely here. As I was saying, I'm going to go <laughs> grab my grandson. Uh, and Silas walks out of the room. And uh, you both hear a crash and a thump come from upstairs. Uh, this is long. This is like right after he leaves the room. You don't. So it's probably wasn't him unless he can like sprint up those stairs real, real fast. <laughs> probably not. At this moment, we smash cut to another car driving up the winding stairs. Is it me? Oh, look at that. It's Marissa. Hey. Who are you playing? What are you driving? How do you look? And make a pull. Okay. So I am driving, you see, a 2010 Hyundai Elantra gray pulling up the Is driveway. Hyundai or Hyundai? Whichever you prefer, I guess. I don't know. Um, and it has like 160,000 miles on it. Um, it also has a fun, <laughs> a fun quirk that sometimes after it's parked at random for no reason, the car alarm will just start going off because mm. that's my personal hell in real life. Oh. And I hate it. It could be going off right now. Who knows? But I am playing Sienna Silius. She is Silas's great granddaughter. She hasn't been home for a while. She went to college out of state and then got a job out there as well. She has like, you know, been back for holidays and stuff, but she hasn't really seen Silas because the rest of her family, her parents and her brother have already been <laughs> cut out of the will and the family. They've been more or less excommunicated for something stupid. And Silas is very eccentric and he wants nothing to do with them, but she's still in his good graces, which is why she's here. So she, you know, parks her car locks it once and kind of like winces and hopes it doesn't <laughs> go off and disturb the evening. And she is wearing a full set of Victorian morning clothes. That's right. Black skirt, hoop skirt, black puffy blouse. What's that? A black veil. Um, <laughs> all of which she did find at the thrift store similar to Jill, but it's all just like very, very melodrama. And um, she... <laughs> hot glued some of her cat's hair onto like a cheap one dollar pendant for like a memento mori jewelry because that was you guys know what that is right no oh my so memento mori is like remember you will die and they used to like have jewelry with a dead person's hair in it and shit like that cute yeah anyway so she is wearing that 
Um, cause her great grandmother, Silas's wife recently passed and, you know, Jill's husband, Travis also recently passed and Sienna, I guess, copes with dark humor. And so she is wearing that as <laughs> she kind of picks up her skirt and starts walking towards the front of the house. Okay. You, you start walking towards the front of the house. You've parked your car, uh, next to the other cars. Yeah. Okay. So as you approach, uh, you, of course, see Percival waiting for you at the steps. And Percival looks at you and says, Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for not making me park any more fucking cars this evening. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Percy. I'm sure you had to park a lot tonight. Um, I am going to give you the keys, though. If you do hear a car alarm, it's fine. Just hit this button at the top four times really fast and it'll turn off. I'm not I'm not super late, am I? I know I I am not on time, but they haven't started yet, right? I'm sure that your great grandfather has planned for your usual arrival time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I well, well that's good. Um I'm going to just head on in then. Are they already in the dining room? Are they in the foyer? Like what's up? I th- I believe they are in the dining room as you are the last one. Oh, oops. To arrive. Uh, as thanks. is tradition. Well, can't can't break tradition. Uh thanks for saying, "Hey, nice bow tie by the way. That looks really sharp." And I just kind of like push past him giving Thank him finger you. guns as I want. So as you are uh going up the stairs, you kind of you start to hear a bit of a commotion. Uh, coming from inside the house, and it grows uh, louder and louder as you kind of get closer and closer. Yes, Jacob. <gasps> Shit, thank you. Mercy, make a pull. I did do a forget. Wait, I have a joke. Commotion, 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 commotion. That was pretty good. Audio jokes with Christine. Uh, so thank you, Santa, for making a poll. As you are going, walking up the stairs, you uh, hear this commotion getting louder and louder. Can I tell where it's coming from? Because I'm going that way. Oh, no, it's it's you're you're walking uh, up the stairs. It's coming from what sounds like maybe the other side of the great doors leading into this yeah I bust uh, in. manner uh, right actually right before you go to do that you hear a creak and you step back right away and the door slams open whoa you see uh your uncle reginald he uh so this is the the um the aforementioned grandson this is the aforementioned grandson okay this would be i guess uh jill's brother-in-law and your uncle, and absolutely no relation to Abbott. Uh, of course not. <laughs> Abbott-solutely. <laughs> uh, you see your uncle, Reginald, bursting out of the front door, saying, I'm not wearing any of it. And you hear Silas behind him. If you don't put it on, then you will not be able to attend, and I shall strike you out of my will. I don't care. I'm not putting that on. So Reginald just, like, busts past you, doesn't really seem to notice that you're there, goes over to Percival and says, Percy, my car. And uh, you see behind him, 
Silas holding a corset and hoop skirt uh, in a bright blue color. Cute. Percy is uh, starting to dodder his way over towards the parked cars. Oh, wait. What? Hi, Uncle Reggie. Um, hi, hi, great grandpappy. Uh, sorry, I'm late. Um, is everything okay? I mean, it was a costume party. He's trying to make me put on a fucking skirt. I'm not going to wear a skirt just to attend his dumb will reading. Like, that's really stupid. I'm not doing that. I mean, first of all, it's a really nice skirt and blue is your color. Second of all, I mean, (laughs) could we like maybe do a compromise? Like you could be like a Victorian peasant and we could find you some pants and a poofy shirt and I can smear dirt on your face and you could be a chimney sweep like they had chimney sweeps back then, right? That would count, right? Silas thinks about it for a second and make a pull for me, please. Oh no, it's for chimney sweep? To convince Silas to break his very strict and stringent dress code. The spirit of Dick Van Dyke is with you. I've done it. Uh, so yes, you talk um, with Silas for a minute, haggling it out with him and Reggie. Because listen, first of all, like chimney sweeps were definitely, probably, I don't remember, probably in that time period. And like, it wouldn't be fair if we just represented the aristocracy, the working poor were a thing, then we can have some cool class conflict. This has become entirely too complicated in Jill's opinion. (laughs) Yes, Reggie, if you will permit... Sienna to smudge dirt all over your face. <laughs> I will permit you to come and hear my will reading. Or, ooh, actually, I think I still have some mascara in my car, so we could be mascara if you want. I guess that's more hygienic, maybe? It's touched my eyes, but, like, just my eyelashes? <laughs> yes, you could also use the mascara if you so choose. <laughs> mascara I hardly know of! Uh- It had to be done. It did. Here, Percy, Percy, stop. You don't have to go down any more stairs. We're good. I promise. It's fine. Come on back. Percy looks at you with just the most grateful eyes. (laughs) He start, you see like they start to water with thanks. Um, And he looks at you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm just going to go inside. And he kind of looks at Silas and says, and take my seat at the table. And Silas says, yes, of course, please go rest your old weary bones or whatever it is you do. (laughs) And... Uh, he, there is some weird tension between those yeah. two. <laughs> he goes and uh, he goes inside and just kind of, you know, he disappears past Silas. Uh, C- come on, come on, Uncle Reggie. It's just my my car's in the the garage. Let's go. <sighs> and I, I like kind of like start leading him away before, because I know Reggie. I know he has like a temper. I kind of want to like alleviate any of the tension. <laughs> so you take him back to your car. Uh, He's, he's like kind of muttering to himself the whole time. It's like, it's for the fucking money. It's for the fucking money. I mean, and it's to like, please great grandpappy. You know, how's, how's he doing? I heard you move back in here a little while ago. 
Yeah, he's doing not great. I mean, yeah, it hit everyone kind of hard when great grandma passed. I they said it was an overdose, an accidental one. That's what they say. It was I guess mixed up her pills? I mean, I don't know. I mean, were were you living here when that happened? Like that's not No, that's that was I moved in after she passed just to kind of Keep an eye on him, you know. Percy's not exactly... He's he's not as able as he was when he was younger. Yeah, no, I I mean, I get it. He still gets around pretty okay, though. I just... And, like, this whole time, I'm, like, smear... A a picture of an artist with a paintbrush just, like, going ham (laughs) on this man's face. I mean, I... I don't know. I still don't know if I buy it. It's not, like, great-grandma to be disorganized she had that little pill organizer but i mean whatever we're here for the will and for halloween and it's spooky and fun but we super fun i mean come on at least you didn't have to wear the skirt okay and and i turn him around so that he can look at himself in the car door mirror yeah ta-da working class you probably have tb Oh, do you want... I have lipstick. That can look like fake blood. Do you want to smear that on your face, too? I'm going to start going back to the house now. Okay. Bye. We go back to the house. He, like, he, he like gives you, like, a, a thanks kind of nudge on the way back to the house. That's probably the most I've ever gotten for him. So, yeah. It's about... Yeah. That's, a, that's like, his version of a hug. Yeah. I'd, I'd walk with him back to the house and, you know... Probably past Percival on the way to the dining room because he's old. Um, mm-hmm. And when I get in, the first thing I do is I give great grandpappy a big hug. Yeah, he's waiting for you at like the top of the stairs, um, waiting to get in because uh, he has to approve, obviously, of Reginald's outfit. Yeah. And Reginald, you may enter. You are now properly dressed as a peasant boy. <laughs> We will be referring to you as the peasant boy now. (laughs) Excellent. Reggie does not seem at all pleased, but (laughs) brushes past him and goes into the uh, dining room area. Jill and Abbott, both of you, uh, see a very angry, very sooty, kind of grungy man (laughs) who, Jill, you recognize. Oh, yes, and I am laughing so hard (laughs) under my breath at my brother-in-law. He sits down. He sits as far away from both of you as possible and kind of like slumps in his chair. He is just not having a great time, and it it's pretty obvious. Long day at work, sweepy. <laughs> hey, Jill. Yeah. Nice to see you too, I guess. Don't act like any of this is uh, is surprising for Silas. No, it's just kind of tiring when you deal with it all the time every day forgot to pack this and he sort of gestures at his whole Mm. outfit because you always just have to be prepared for the unexpected guess so hey you're someone else talk let let, (laughs) let me talk to you i say is that reginald dressed up as a poor Oh, I hate you too, don't I? You're a- ab- 
Don't act like you don't remember. He consults his field notes. Abbott? Indeed. Why are you here? You haven't done anything with anyone in this family for, looks at his watch, five years <laughs> or more. I was told there would be a reading of the will, and I I thought it would be good news, so I figured I'd, I'd come and see. Uh-huh. He gives uh, Jill kind of like a side eye, like a knowing what the fuck sort of thing. Jill just shrugs. Okay. Fun. And we cut away again to Sienna and Silas. I give him big hug and then I break away and I like kind of do a turn and do like a curtsy. Like, do you approve? Oh, Sienna. Of course, I think that your outfit is delightful. And he sort of like gives you the old man equivalent of a very like stately bow. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> this is all I wanted from the evening. It is an absolute pleasure to see you after it's been so long. I mean, it's only been like, you know, like a year. I just, sorry, I wasn't here for last Christmas, but you know, mom and dad and Sean really wanted me to spend it with them. And you're, you're not going to let them back in the family anytime soon, huh? Who? Yeah, it's, this is what I thought. Um, but no, of course, I understand that you have to spend time with your friends. Bi- biological parents and brother, biological yeah. Biological friends, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, mom, mom said you cut them out because they put mozzarella on the French onion soup for dinner instead of Amish Gruyere. Is that real? And at that exact moment, you hear a loud crash coming from upstairs. Uh, what? Is is someone else upstairs? <laughs> That's just your great-grandma acting up again as she does in her current state. Wait, what? What? <laughs> Obviously, she is a ghost what? and haunts these premises, Wait, haunts the what? halls of this home. What? She? She's a ghost? Have you seen her? Of course. We talk on quite regularly about, you know, the letters you send me, the fact that you are the last surviving member of your branch <laughs> of the family. <laughs> Can these I, kinds of things. Can I tell if he's being serious or if this is like a, a goofer trying to wave away? You have no idea. It. He seems to be buying into it, but you can also tell that he's sort of like playing up this weird Victorian persona of his. So, oh, is this? You you go to the dining room. I'm gonna check it out. Like if something fell, like that's not great. Percival will clean it up, or maybe my new helper around the house, Carson. Uh, uh, okay, I guess we can clean it up after dinner, but great-grandpappy, if if great-grandma's a ghost, that means something's wrong, right? Like, usually dead people go to heaven or whatever, right? You remember how I always joked about haunting your ass if you don't keep writing me? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I, um... 
Well, your grandmother and I had similar jokes. She would constantly tell me that she would haunt me to make sure that I stayed faithful to her, even in her death. I mean, that that sounds like great grandma, but... Obviously, this makes perfect sense. Let us go into the dining room. <laughs> I feel like she, like, looks over her shoulder at the top of the stairs just to, like, see if anyone's coming down or anything, but she'll fucking... She'll follow him in. Sure, make a pull. Wait, really? For looking over my shoulder? Yeah. I, Welcome to Dread. I don't like making polls. Welcome I like to Dread. It's already kind of bad. Obviously, this makes perfect sense. Thank you, Santa, for making a successful pull. You look at the top of the slightly spiraling staircase, and you notice just almost at the like the very fringe of your vision, you see... Is it a shadow? Is it some kind of weird smoke? haze. You're not really sure, but you think for just like a fraction of a second, maybe you saw something? Mm, I make a mental note to wander the house tonight and explore and do a ghost hunt. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would I would go into the kitchen. I would be like, uh, oh, hey, hey, Aunt Jill. Uh, you look great. I like your, your skirt. Hi, Sienna. It's good to see you. Okay. Um, so as everyone's now sitting down, uh, you see this man, Carson, who I've already described, but he comes in, he's carrying, uh, a bunch of trays in his, on his arm, balancing them. They're all wobbling and he seems very unsteady on mm. his feet, but he does manage to put some, something in front of all of you. Mystery meat. Uh, it looks like it was supposed to be a salad. Oh, um, what? How do you fuck up a salad? <laughs> he also uh, does put one in an empty seat, which he then takes and sits down with all of you. Hmm. Silas says, everyone, time to tuck in. Say, Silas, as much as I love a good... um pile of food um <laughs> wouldn't this be a good time to discuss the the business you brought us here for something about a will ah yes a habit <laughs> always one to get right to the point and heart of the matter that is something that i do admire about you if you will indulge this old daughter of just one measly trifle b before we truly start eating this incredibly appetizing meal, <laughs> Percy, if you would, of course, do the thing. Percy stands up and he gets out a tray and... Silas looks at all of you and says, if you would, of course, there were no phones in the Victorian age, if you would all, of course, surrender your mobile possessions for the time being. What if instead you just told me the thing and uh, then I could head back to my home? Oh, well, come on. That's no fun. Like, it's that, that sounds very fun to me. 
But where's your Halloween <laughs> spirit? Come on, it's just a cell phone. It's not like we were going to be on it during dinner anyway. And I would slide my phone into the whatever Percy has. I guess this might as well happen. And I gave my phone to you. <laughs> Reginald kind of looks at the tray, looks at his phone, looks at the tray, shrugs, puts it on. Uh, you see Carson just kind of like put it on. His phone's weird. Um, How so? It's, it's clunky and it looks like it has a lot of like ports and things that you oh. guys are not used to Hmm. so like imagine an iphone now make it bigger and make give it like like a scanner on one side what it looks really weird are there any acronyms on this phone none that you can see i like Hmm. that question though (laughs) but so carson puts his phone on the tray and uh percival comes over to you uh, but fine let's let's be on with it okay and you put your very cheap flip phone on the, th- <laughs> on the thing <laughs> so abbott says percy if you will of course hand them over to me and silas takes all of your phones and puts them in his satchel which he of course carries with him at all times wait what is silas wearing <laughs> Silas is wearing something that is not period appropriate at all. This asshole. He is wearing a court jester's costume. Uh Wait, for real? You didn't think to mention this fucker was in a court jester costume until right now? Yeah, because we all were just like, "Eh, same usual shit. (laughs) It seemed very normal to all of you (laughs) for this man. Uh, Touche. But no, he's also, and he has like a little bag in which go all of your phones. And he says, now if you would all indulge me one last time and tuck in. And he, he starts eating his salad. What does it taste like? Oh, so you're eating it? Yeah. It tastes fine. It's just like... It's just like weirdly wet. Oh. Yeah, it's bad greens. Just checking. Everyone is tucking in. Uh, I'm afraid of this question, but I already said yes. Uh. I am trying to look for the pieces of salad that look the least threatening. <laughs> okay. While you're kind of like, uh, shall we say, hunting and pecking in this uh, <laughs> salad. I guess you could say that. <laughs> that. That's how I'm going to describe it. Yes. Uh, you like you're, you're like kind of scraping away trying to be like, okay, not that piece, not that piece. And you, you come across like a piece of crumpled paper. Oh, I very surreptitiously remove it from my plate and I very carefully unwrap it, trying not to garner any attention. It says, ha ha, one portion of the will of Silas Silius. Congratulations. Wait, it's, wait, what? Everyone sort of kind of just finds crumpled pieces of paper in their food and just has to unroll it. When Sienna finds hers, like she's not discreet at all. She's like, whoa, really? <laughs> Great grandpappy, is this is this legit? What 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 do you mean by that? 
Is was it really like a scavenger hunt? Surprise, everyone, <laughs> and welcome to my Halloween Victorian spectacular. Oh boy! And so uh, Silas stands up, and he looks. <laughs> he looks at all of you, and he says, "Now, thank you all so much for coming. You have in all of your possessions one portion." of my estate. I have cleared this all through legal. Don't worry about it or think about it too heavily. That would ruin the podcast. <laughs> what I have done is attached to each of these documents one-sixth of my estate, and each of you are entitled to that upon my imminent demise. Imminent? Uh, yes. Are you sick? Oh my god. The podcast wouldn't be very good if I survived oh the <laughs> Now, unfortunately, though, in order for this paper to be legally binding, it requires a stamp of approval. I, in my great cleverness and whimsy, <laughs> have hidden six stamps inside my estate. Ooh. Oh, so it you is a scavenger hunt. You all don't look as pleased as I thought you would be. And how do we find these stamps? Of course, you go and look for them. Is there a time limit? Yes, you have until I die, which oh. will be Wait. decades from now, hopefully. I mean, yeah, you're not that old. You're only like, what, 87? I'm like 94. Who oh. counts anymore? <laughs> Time is an illusion. Time is meaningless. I'm as spry as a 10-year-old chap. Are all are all the stamps the same? Like, if, if Aunt Jill finds a stamp, can't she just stamp my paper, too? <laughs> you think I wouldn't have thought of that? Each stamp may only be used once, and all of their patterns are unique. Wow, your lawyer must have had a field day with this one, Oh, huh? they hated the shit out of all of this. <laughs> but I am an eccentric kook with lots of money. <laughs> oh, well, that's... That's awesome. Is anywhere in the house off limits? Of course. You may never go into my secret, secret chamber. Yeah, okay. Cool. You don't have a secret, secret chamber. I've been, I've, Aunt Jill, like, Aunt Jill and I have been at this house forever. And well, I mean, I don't know how long you've been here, Abbott. Sienna, but. if it's secret, secret, then we wouldn't have known about it because it's secret, secret. And Jill, this is why I do adore you and love that you are part of our family. Thank you, Silas. Abbott, you don't seem as pleased as I thought you would. Look, the financial wealth which you are entitled to, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's just like you doddering old fool to turn this into some sort of game or pageant. Why can't you just be straightforward with us and give us our portion? Because I am a doddering old whimsy man. <laughs> and now for the kicker of this. There's oh, a kicker? There wasn't enough. Oh, of course not. So each one of your papers entitles you to one sixth of my estate. However, it only applies not to you in name, but to the holder of the paper. You are familiar with a... Uh, 
global security certificates. Is that a, the word for it? Bearer bond? Yes, the bonds of bearing. You are familiar with these bearings bonds? Not no, really? unbearably oh, not. Oh, this is a tragedy. So basically, whoever bears the bond owns the bond. <laughs> so I and you know, so he takes out twenty dollars and he says, "See how I have twenty dollars?" Yeah. Okay. He hands it to Sienna. Now I have twenty dollars. Now Sienna has twenty dollars, and it is no longer my money. So you're saying? Will we I- all be getting twenty dollars? I would like my twenty dollars, please. I here, Abbott, here, I'll trade you twenty dollars if you give me your paper. You must be a fool. <laughs> he says, Abbott, Abbott, do you really require twenty dollars from me? If you're distributing twenty dollars to all of your guests. Not to all I- of my guests, to my esteemed great granddaughter. Hey, listen, Abbott, if you help me find some stamps, I'll give you $20. I don't care. How about you help me find some stamps and also give me $20? <laughs> uh, we can reopen negotiations depending on how the evening goes. Silas, I'm, I have to ask, why did you invite Abbott to this? Isn't he your business rival who you haven't spoken to in five years? Rival is not the word I would choose. We were... Mm, Abbott, you would describe us as associates at a time previous to this one, wouldn't you? At a previous time, I suppose we were entangled in the dealings of business. There you have it. I have invited an old friend of mine who Mm. now hates my guts (laughs) for reasons that you do not need to concern yourself with. And you invited your new friend, Carson? Hey, Carson, by the way, great salad. That was a cool goof. Um, How long have you known him? Oh, Carson and I. He, like, claps the man on the back, and Carson just kind of, like, gets gets knocked forward slightly by the old man who clapped him gently on the back. (laughs) This poor, poor man. And Carson looks at you and says, Uh, yeah, uh, we go... Way back, it's been, gosh, like two years or so. Two years? Yeah. I thought Silas found you on Craigslist. That's right. He hired me on Craigslist last week, but I've known him for two years. Yeah, you're on my list. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, clearly I'm here and I have every right to be and i'm mm-hmm. it's perfectly fine and yeah I'm, i don't have to like you though i'm anyway, here for legitimate so reasons this this scavenger hunt when does this begin of course this scavenger hunt and the eventual uh legitimizing of your uh will papers began at the start of dinner and at that second reggie just bolts out of the room <laughs> hey no fair he can't get a head start that's reggie is free to do whatever he pleases but he's gonna aunt jill he's gonna take all of them for himself you know reggie i suppose we just have to find them i start i, I get down on the floor and start si- looking under silas, the table silas goes back to just like eating his his t- <laughs> I, I, ju- He's I just eaten a salad. <laughs> I start looking underneath the table for hidden stamps duct taped to the bottom. <laughs> you get a stamp and you get a stamp. There are no hidden stamps taped to the bottom of the table. Damn it. 
Wait, w- one more question. Uh, Great Grandpappy, is it just inside or is outside Z's also available? I may have hit a stamp outside, but... Ah, beans. Is there any benefit if we find more than one stamp? Of course. You can then barter for someone to give them the stamp to stamp their paper. Listen, Abbott, I was serious. If you want to help me find a stamp and give it to me first, I'll give you $20. And I mean, Aunt Jill, I don't want Uncle Reddy to get everything. He's a dick. Like, do you want (laughs) to partner up? Strength in numbers? Sure, I'll go with you. Yes. I'm going to hang back a little bit and consult with my my dear old friend, Percy. Okay, um, you're a loss. Come on, Angel. And I fucking drag you out of the room. I guess we're going this way. Uh, so, out of the dining room, there are three doors. You can go south to the study slash library. You can go north into the kitchen. Or you can go west into the great room. Library. Library. Okay. You guys go to uh, into the study slash library. Um, I think we'll come back to you guys in a second. Uh, Abbott, what are you and Percy going to talk about? Oh, Percy, old boy. It's, <laughs> it's so good to finally see you again. How I've missed you all these years. Oh, Abbott, you're so full of shit. <laughs> anyway, you, there's no way this doddering old fool has hid six whole stamps all by himself. I know, I know how he operates. You must have helped him out. You, you, you must be willing to help an old friend out and tell me where the damn things are. An old friend is a strong word to describe our past relationship, but uh, I could be persuaded to... Now, Abbott, you wouldn't be trying to game the system right in front of the man who made the damn thing. (laughs) The whole damn thing is a game, you fool. Yes, I'm an old whimsy man who likes my whimsy games. And you're trying to ruin it. You know I don't care about your game, old fool. Just give me my portion and I'll be out of your hair and you can play whatever damn game you want. Now, both of you, please, please stop fighting. I, of course, will not show Abbott any particular place, but... There's no harm in us searching together, Silas. I suppose provided that you will not cheat. Oh, of course. You and, uh, you and Percival leave the room. Very, very slowly. Where do you go? The great room, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good call. Percival, of course. Leads you into the great room and says, Abbott, Abbott, oh, Abbott, (laughs) I lied to Silas just then. (laughs) I, of course, would be happy to cheat the system. (laughs) But, of course, you must do something for me in return. 
Of course, I will retrieve my own car at the end of the evening. <laughs> you, you don't have to worry. I'll, I'll manage the walk. Make a poll, please. <laughs> Thank you, Abbott, for making a successful poll. Percival's eyes light up (laughs) with such delight and happiness that some other human being, one, cares, and two, is like, has thought about a need or want that he might have. My heart. Percy needs a friend. He needs a vacation. (laughs) And he says... That is all that I ask for in helping you find a multi-million dollar worth stamp. I ask only that you retrieve your own car from this garage because it is close to carriage and we are in a Victorian era (laughs) at the moment. So, (laughs) Percival's going to lead you to some stuff We'll get back to that Thwack And we're in the library slash study It is Floor to ceiling bookshelves There are leather bound tomes Lots of the spines Are printed on With like metallic ink So they kind of like shine and reflect the fading light coming in through this gigantic window. Outside, the wind seems to be picking up. The trees are starting to turn nice autumn shades, but they are kind of billowing in sort of gusts of wind. That's what you notice through the window. But you see a desk. There is, of course... The green desk lamp that... Oh, yes. Yeah, it's... Is the lamp on or off? The lamp is off. Uh. You see a ladder on one of those, like, rails that slide. It's... It is the Beast's Library from the animated picture Beauty and the Beast. Has Silas read all of the books in this room? Yes. Of course not. Oh. (laughs) But he wants to. Mm. Well, I'm going to start by turning on the light so we can see more clearly. You turn on the lamp. You also, there is also like a light switch on the wall, which would light up a gigantic chandelier. I, that is so I do both of those things. Okay. Uh, you just keep mentioning that lamp. So I feel like there's something important there. You turn on the lamp and you see kind of like in the like lampshade of it, there seems to be some kind of like thing obscuring the light. Yeah. I'm going to inspect the hell out of that. It's a stamp. Hey. <laughs> so like, I'm going to stamp my paper. <laughs> Cool. Okay. I've got my stamp. Now let's find you one. Wait, you already found? Oh, come on. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I mean, congratulations, I guess. Um, I'll help you find yours. Oh, thanks, Aunt Jill. You're the best. Do you think he probably has like a false book or something? Or maybe there's like a secret. You pull the book and it opens a thing. Yeah. I was wondering if maybe that was be cool if we found a secret passage All or right, something. All right. Hold on. I have to. Uh, and I, I host, ho- hoist up my skirt and start like ascending it. Which is, I'd imagine, very difficult in a hoop skirt. Here, just make make sure I don't fall and start looking on the bottom shelves. Maybe there's like a pattern to them. I look kind of broadly to see if I can notice if the colors are lining up in any specific way. It seems pretty hodgepodge and higgledy-piggledy. Mm-hmm. 
you even check. It's definitely not alphabetized. It seems... Is it by period? The Dewey Decimal System? No. You find, like, parts of series in one section, but then you find the other part, oh. like, in an, on another shelf oh. in another place. That's the spookiest thing we've encountered I so far. I hate yeah. it. Um, as I'm looking, I would kind of be talking down to you, like, hey, so, um... You've seen Great Grandpappy. I know I've been kind of MIA for a little bit. Did he, has he mentioned anything to you about seeing Great Grandma's coast? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she was haunting him. So you, you really believe her ghost is here? I mean, I think it's possible. Okay, I, I guess. I just, I mean, Great Grandpappy's always been kind of eccentric this is just kind of a lot and didn't know if it was like early signs of dementia or something yeah i mean it could be that it could also just be a coping mechanism grief is weird and different for everybody yeah no i know that um god that there's so many fucking books and i just start (laughs) going ham yeah so as you're climbing up, like pulling books at random, like trying to see if anything happens, uh, make me a pull. I did it. And so as you sort of, you get a weird feeling on the back of your neck, like all the hairs on your arms kind of like stand up. And right at that moment, you kind of like, You see a book that's like, it's glinting just like a bit more than all the other ones. And so you lean out and you take it and you pull it and it it comes away. It's not a false book or it's real. And it's a good thing that you were leaning out this far to get it because all of a sudden you hear wham right on the floor and you look down and a book from above you where it would be like nothing, everything was like pushed in and fine, has fallen and is just now like open on the ground. Oh my gosh, is this Interstellar? (laughs) (laughs) It's a good movie. What? No, what? (laughs) That movie was horrifying. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Aunt Jill, did you you fucking see that? Did you you knock something? No, I didn't touch anything, but yeah, whoa, this book is just on the ground now. Hold hold on, let me, let me, here, can you hold this ladder? Okay. I I would like to gingerly climb down. Yeah. Um, Can I, like, look at this book, like, what the page it's open to? Like, what is it? Yeah, so this book is, uh, you both know that Silas is an old weirdo and he <laughs> yeah. and you don't know if he's actually read this book or not but it is a book on the occult it talks about ghosts and you know like doppelgangers and other things um can i check the front to see if there's like an inscription like if someone was like hey Silas here's this cool book happy 89th birthday or something like that (laughs) you look at the front of this book oh wait really there's an inscription hell yeah and you see to silas from your friends at the organization please use with care 
<laughs> the what? Uh, hey, Aunt Jill? Yeah? What organization is Great Grandpappy part of? I have no idea. Use with care. Okay, um... I would be careful with this book. Oh, no, I'm I'm taking this. I'm just going to go ask him, but... I, I, I would like to, like, look around and see that shadow, or is that, like, chill still with me? Because Sienna's mind is, like... Maybe great grandma is a ghost. Uh, the chill was just like very faint with you for mm-hmm. just a time. I will say uh, when the book kind of like fell open, mm-hmm. it did fall open to a page that was talking about ghosts. Okay. um, I'm kind of freaked out. I'm going to, I don't think there's another stamp in here. I'm going to check upstairs and then Go ask great grandpappy what the fuck is going on. But <laughs> okay. I did. Um, there was a crash from upstairs. Yeah, I heard that earlier as well. Do you want to go check it out? Yeah, great grandpappy said it was great grandma. So I. Oh. I mean, I I think it might be bullshit, but I, <laughs> we'll see. Let's go find out. So, yeah, I guess we head upstairs to where the bedrooms are. Okay. So while you guys are going upstairs, we are going to cut away to. Abbott and Percival. So you enter the great room from the right or from like the east, if you want to think about it. Uh, the fireplace is in the north side. You again do see a deer head mounted. At each of the four corners is kind of like a potted tree. And Percival is going to lead you over to one of the potted trees. Of course. And vaguely sticking in the dirt is a stamp. I'm good. Thank you, old chap. I I won't forget you when I'm wealthy. Or (laughs) I'm already wealthy. I I won't forget you for this. And I grab the stamp. Thank you. And I stamp my paper. Dear friend, if if we can call each other such things, I would greatly appreciate some help. What what do you Yes, I I already told you. I will I will move my own car. Don't don't you worry. No, no, no. I need to get the other one in this room and he points of course to the deer. Oh my god. <laughs> I require your assistance if you could give this old man a boost. <laughs> Very well. I suppose this won't take too much more time. And I'll boost him up. Okay. He reaches into the deer's mouth, as is appropriate. <laughs> of course. Uh, and he pulls out nothing, and he looks very confused. And he he says, oh, oh, oh dear, it seems <laughs> as though... Oh, dear. <laughs> and he, he, he tries again. He goes, like, elbow deep into oh. the deer's gullet. I know nothing of taxidermy, so yeah, I don't I would know. I don't think possible. that's how that works. Also, how big do you think a deer's mouth is? Well, you can go down the, you know, the esophagus and into the Ugh. tummy, but there is no tummy because it is just the head and neck. I hate everything about this. Um, so the old man is reaching down in and again draws out an empty hand and says, shit, <laughs> that was where I put the other one in this room. Someone must have already gotten to that one. 
Well, I've already got my stamp, and I've, I've got to get home, so if you'll just give me my keys and tell me where I need to take this paper to turn it into money, um, well, you can I'll only be on my the, way. The, the paper is only worth money upon the master's demise. But also, uh, I'm not going to give you your keys until you help me get my stamp. Well, where where's the other ones? I only hid but these two stamps. Maybe you should ask that Carson fellow. He seems to be helping out a lot. Maybe he would know. Maybe you should help me if you wish to get your keys back. Don't you want your car? Fuck it. Walk home for all I care. (laughs) I'll follow you to the Carson fellow then. To the dining area. So you both, uh, you both go in. You see Carson is still just sitting there, just kind of like chilling. He and Silas are just having a conversation which stops abruptly upon your entrance. Oh. Abbott, you would notice, because I think you would notice such things. You look at Carson's paper, and it is already stamped. This motherfucker. This is sus. I ha- oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there he is. Uh, I guess you should go talk to the boy and... Yes, I guess you should. <laughs> Fine, we'll, we'll speak to the boy together. But how to get him away from the old fool? I will try an ancient and mystical technique passed down through my family of butlers for generations. Carson! <laughs> Get over here. (laughs) And Carson, like, looks up from his soup, because there's soup now at each place. Please describe the soup. It's a a really, really good creamy chowder. If you put clams in this, it would be clam chowder. Clam chowder sans clams. I'm calling out my stepdad, who will never listen to this podcast, (laughs) but he one time made clam chowder. Without the clams. And we're never letting him live it down. I feel like that's exactly what Carson did also. (laughs) So yeah, there's soup now out at everyone's place. Carson is sipping it at Percival's ancient and masterful call. He gets up and goes over to you guys and says, Hey, what's up? Come with us to uh, the kitchen, I suppose, and we have a query for you. Oh, yeah, sure, fine. It's I wasn't in the middle of a thing. All right. Uh, well, and he like gives Silas kind of a sidelong glance and goes, "Well, I'm uh gonna go over in there." And Silas kind of like nods, like, "Yeah, it's fine." I'm so suspicious. So he he follows you uh, you both into the kitchen. What's up? Why why are we in here? Like the entrees aren't going to be ready for like another oh couple hours. No, you fool! This isn't about the food. Did you help the doddering old man hide any of these stamps? Oh no! Have no, you seen I, any of the damn stamps? I mean, just the one that I found. And. Where was that one? Under my seat. I feel like you're being less than truthful with me, boy. I mean, give me a piece of paper and maybe I'll tell you. 
Um, just any old piece of paper? No, 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 no. That's stamped piece of paper. We'll see. We don't have any stamps. That's what this is all about. Didn't you find a stamp? I did, and then I lied to him. Oh. <laughs> well, then, uh, back to your slop, I guess, son. We'll continue to search for... Uh, excuse you. This is Flaming Joan. Whatever it is, be gone. Uh, and Carson just kind of, uh, uh, okay, and just walks out. Well, that boy was no help. Um, he, he might have hidden something in my room, I suppose. It would be a great invasion of Percival privacy. <laughs> but that does sound like the doddering old fool. I guess take us there. He takes you there. It's on the other side of the foyer from here. It's very um, sparsely furnished and just a lot of really muted and drab colors. Uh, You see a bed, you see a desk, you see a small wardrobe, think Narnia. That's kind of it. There's a big window that looks out over the front uh, yard. You can see the fountain. Can we see a stamp? <laughs> uh, you would have to look around for a stamp. This is I per- do. Well, uh, you take that half, and I will look in this half. And he goes and like starts rummaging through like a dresser drawer, uh, not a dresser, like his desk. Where would you like to look? The other half of the room. Yeah, you start like rummaging in the pockets of things. You're just looking around like anything. You look at the top shelf, which of course has the socks. But you reach up and you're feeling amongst the socks and you feel something wooden. Pull it down. It's a stamp. What does it look like? Yay! Well, here here it is. Percy, I've found you your damn stamp. So... (laughs) I'll take my keys now, and I will be going. Oh, excellent, excellent. Thank you so much. And he, he takes the stamp from you and starts walking out of the room. Um, my keys? Yes, of course, your keys, your keys. Obviously, that is where I was starting to daughter off to. <laughs> Let's daughter on, then. Uh, we're going to cut back to Sienna and Jill. So the upstairs, basically one big hallway. The way to get up here is to go up the spirally stairs. Mm -hmm. At the far end of the hallway from those stairs is a doorway on your right. That'll lead you into the master bedroom. And then on your left are four doors, three of which are two bedrooms, one is to a bathroom. Cool. I mean, we're we're checking great grandpappy's room, right? Sure. We bust in. Okay. So you go into his room directly on the wall to your left. When you come in, is a fire an additional fireplace. There's also books, and then in the middle, there's his bed, and there's a desk next to either side. There's like a chest at the foot of the bed. Oh, there's an, also a door in here that leads to his, like, the private master bath. Mm-hmm. I would immediately check the nightstands and the additional books to see if they're also occult-themed. I'm going to look in the chest at the bottom of the bed. 
Okay. Uh, so the chest at the bottom of the bed, just clothes. You like rifle through it very quickly. This is like, you know, eclectic taste, but nothing. Yeah. Sienna, you look at the books on the bedside tables. One of them you can tell isn't Silas's. It's like romance novels. Always great grandmas. Yes. Uh, so that it, makes it, me sad for a minute. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. But yeah, it's like, it's romance novels and you open up the drawer and it's like a jewelry box and stuff like that. Does great grandma have a rosary in her jewelry box? She does. It's made of like opalescent pearls. I pocket that. Just in Casey's. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and I'll just start like searching the desk, searching the lamps, searching like behind the headboard, like whatever. Okay. You start looking behind and like in all of these things. You see on Silas's bedside table, there are books on like ghosts. Do any of them have the same inscription? Hmm. Uh, no, no, nothing else about um, anything. These, uh, the a couple of them are like library checkouts. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, you, you start like going through all these things. You don't see any you don't see a stamp and then you hear a crash again <gasps> from where it's coming not from inside this room but from the bathroom i look at aunt jill wide-eyed and just like bolt towards the bathroom i follow and throw it open <laughs> Okay, so you you throw open the bathroom door and you have to stop yourself because you see that the mirror in the bathroom has shattered and there is just broken mirror all over the floor and in the center is, it looks like a stamp. (gasps) Holy shit, he wasn't kidding. Um, great grandma? This is, this is you, right? You don't hear anything. Okay. Hmm. Um, th- thanks. <laughs> I would like to very gingerly, you know, I'm wearing shoes or whatever, like like tippy-toe, like through the glass and kind of bend down and pick up the stamp. Make me a pull. It's a, it's a little wobbly. Ooh. It's pretty. It's okay. It's still okay. Oh, boy. Very nice. <laughs> All right. And so uh, you pick it up, you, you know, you reach down, you stand up, no problem. Uh, and you turn to leave. And like, as you turn, you're, you know, you turn over where the mirror used to be. Mm-hmm. And you see a face uh. staring back at you. <laughs> <laughs> Do I recognize it? It looks like your grandma but it also looks wrong oh no it's just a little bit too long like places and the proportions are just a little bit off her skin is different it's glowing a pale blue light that sort of just emits from her Oh, I hate it. And so as you lock eyes with her, her jaw unhinges and she lets out this scream. (gasps) 
and just flies at you, flies through you, and it's gone. What? Uh-huh. You saw that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Oh I, boy! I am clutching the stamp. I'm clutching the rosary, and I just fucking book it downstairs, screaming, "Great grandpa, happy great grandpa, happy great grandpa!" So trailing not far behind. Yeah. Abbott. So you and Percy have just gotten your stamps, of course. <laughs> so you both start walking to the dining room when you hear a scream. It's coming from upstairs. And coming down the stairs. (laughs) And starting to come down the stairs. Very swiftly. And then, suddenly, who comes careening into your group of people are Sienna and Jill. Uh, Looking like they just saw a ghost. Sienna almost runs into you as you are, like, walking out, stepping out of Percival's bedroom. Oh, my God. Yeah, but it's great. It's great. Grandpa, he's still in the dining room. We got to go. Come on. We just, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Percy, Percy, I saw great grandma, but it wasn't. I can't, and I'm just continuing so running. At, really so weird. All this commotion is attracting some attention. And in through the front door is Uncle Reggie. And he's like, what? What's going on? What? Who's who's freaking out? Why are we freaking out? We What's, saw grandma, but saw, like not yeah, grandma. Like and pictures ghost, in no, the like hallway. Ghost grandma, apparition of grandma. And at that exact moment, you all hear a scream coming from the dining room. Is it Silas? It doesn't sound old. It sounds. Is it Carson? I mean, that would be the only other person. Fuck it, I'm running. I'm running in. I'm running in. I'm holding my rosary out like a like a shield. You burst in. I'm going to say that everyone has followed. Yes. And you see Carson standing over Silas, who is slumped. <gasps> no! You're a nurse, save him! Uh, okay. Well, there seems no. to be maybe a murderer in the way. Carson looks terrified. Car- Carson is. Carson has just found him. You could assume. So I run over to Silas and I check his vitals to see if he's still breathing. Yeah. So you run over to Silas and you turn over his body and he's has no pulse. What? He's not breathing. And around his throat, you see glowing blue handprints. No. <laughs> This episode sponsored by the number 342. The number of the day is 342. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> thank you for listening to the episode. It means a lot to me. I have to thank Eli Schneider for our theme song and music. Uh, you can check him out on Spotify. There are additional sound credits in the episode notes. Thank you to our intern, Manon. You can find her at Manon Elise on Instagram. She created our episode art for this story, and I really like it. You can follow us on Instagram at dnbpod. We're on Twitter at dnbfast. Or you can visit our website at dnbpod.com. If you like the show, give it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and write a review. Uh, Tell us what your favorite breakfast is. Tell us what your least favorite breakfast is. Tell us the breakfast that changed your life, whether it for good or worse. Let us know. And we'll be back in two weeks. So tune in then to see what happens. 